to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Welcome to episode 98 of the Travel Squad podcast. It is our two-year anniversary, baby. Woo! Woo! Yeah, we're celebrating our two-year podcast anniversary, and it is so exciting. We have grown so much in the last two years, and it just really means so much to us that you have all followed us through this journey. Wow, I cannot believe it has already been two years. That's crazy. I remember when we first started recording, and we had to go through months of learnings and figuring out how to get this thing going. I remember once we finally had all our gear and had our plans and everything ready, and we were recording our first episode, which was not number one, but it was kind of like a fun one we wanted to do to talk about how we all met and how we got into traveling. We recorded the entire thing and then realized it was not recording. And we were like, damn. Yep. And had to record that all over. It was late at night and we were like, fuck it. Let's just do it. Ugh. Major learning curve. And you know, it's really funny that you said about that too. Very recently, we just bought some new podcast recording materials that were just like, why didn't we buy this earlier before? We made our life so much easier. We bought ourselves nice elevated mic stands. And so there's still a learning curve, but we're having so much fun along the way and sharing stories with you guys also. Yeah, it's been a great two years. And I'm really excited for this episode because we've summed up some of our best tips and recommendations and destinations that we've learned not only through the last two years doing this podcast, but throughout the years that we've been traveling together as a squad. Yes, we're going to go over our favorite travel destinations, including national parks, international planning tips, money-saving hacks, travel snacks. You can't travel without the travel snacks. That's very important. We know Kim gets hangry. Brittany (laughs) gets hangry too. So we got to go over all the best travel snacks and so much more. So let's get right into the episode, guys. I'm so excited. Two years. Let's do it. Let's do it. Woo! So we're going to start off with some of our favorite international trips that we have done. And Jamal, why don't you give us your favorite international destination? Well, I don't know if this is my favorite international destination, but this is my favorite international trip and it's going to be China. We have an episode about it. It's one of our first episodes that we did. It's definitely not our first squad trip, but one of our first squad trips and God, gate one, just, can we get a shout out for gate one? We've been talking about it for two years. This was another gate one trip. And I just had so much fun in China from the guided tour aspect with gate one to go into the Great Wall, Mm. seeing Beijing, seeing the metropolis of Shanghai, the history, the culture, the food. My God, did I love the food Mm, in China. The food was so good. I remember everybody telling us, and I'm sure you all remember that, oh, the food in China is different than the Chinese food that you have here. And people were really hesitant about it. And I don't know if they've been or they were just saying stuff that they heard. And so it kind of got me thinking. And then we were there i'm just like the food is way better than the chinese food here like yeah, what are you talking about absolutely. so i love that and then 
God. Can't J- forget the pandas. You can't forget the pandas at the zoo. <laughs> I know that. I know Kim loved that. Oh, uh, I love. They I loved run it so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's just such a great travel squad memory. Thinking of us going back, ending our trip when we were in Shanghai Disney at the time. It was the mm. newest Disney park in the world. It still is actually, but we were there within its first year of opening, coming up on the one year anniversary and. Uh, just such an amazing experience. And so I, I won't say China is my favorite international destination, but it might be my favorite international like full squad trip, including like OG squad with Zena on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I loved China. We put a reel on our Instagram of our China trip. So go check it out. It, it was so nice to relive those memories. It was so fun there. And I think you did a really good job on the reel, Kim. Well, thank you. Yeah, so one of my favorite international trips was actually the Danube River cruise. And Jamal and I took this cruise for our honeymoon. Mm. So romantic. And it really was. We went during Christmas season. And so we went and saw Christmas markets. We went to Hungary, Slovakia, Austria, Germany. And then after the cruise, we even went to France. And so lots of those places are really romantic honeymoon spots. And what I loved about it was... You cruise on a river, so it's a lot more calm and you spend a lot more time at port. And so there's more time to explore the cities during the day. A lot of the times we didn't leave port until like 11 p.m. at night. And then um, we would get to the next port pretty early the next day, like 7 a.m. So you have literally all day to explore the cities and like feel like a local. That's really cool. Yeah, you think you're going to be cruising, but you're sleeping during the cruise. And I think only really one time on the cruise were we awake for a good portion like midday of what like one spot to the next otherwise you know it's a, literally a sleeping hotel and you wake up in another place because you leave so late and arrive so early so you don't even realize that you're really traveling in that sense right you just wake up in your own hotel in a that's, way in a new place that's actually really convenient if you're planning to do a city to city kind of trip in that part of europe that's fantastic way to go yeah and i love this trip too i'm glad you actually picked this one as yours Brittany, because it's definitely one of mine also for several reasons one you know it was our honeymoon obviously two the christmas markets in europe if you've never experienced christmas markets in europe it's a must like i mean in all the big cities vendors set up stands they have pastries they have food they gifts. have crafts gifts all that stuff very well decorated and just amazing atmosphere. And I think a lot is to be said about how awesome Europe is in the winter. I think most people want to go during the summer because the weather and they like warm weather. Maybe it's me because I like cold, but I do love Europe in the winter and the cold. It's really nice. And it just made it a more like romantic ambiance experience, I feel like. Yeah, you have to cuddle up to stay warm. Mm-hmm, you do. <laughs> and you know, Europe has a lot of little coffee shops and it's so nice to like go to a cafe and drink an espresso and get a little snack. And at one of these, little cafes we tried these amazing apricot dumplings that had like a nice warm apricot filling in the center and they were just so warm and gooey and Mm. I still talk about them to this day I would go back in a heartbeat to get some more really really loved it do you remember what port that was in it was in Salzburg Austria Austria. and we were actually there specifically on Christmas and if I remember the name of the cafe I think it was called Cafe Mozart actually, because Mozart was born in Salzburg. So they pay homage to him in a lot of ways. And it was really good. But that's another thing that I do like about Europe is 
they take their time and don't really have a lot of hustle and bustle in their life. Not to say that they're not busy and actively like working, you know, I mean, obviously they are, but it's a different lifestyle in terms of like relaxation to enjoy those little things like mm -hmm. the coffee and dessert, just because I'm going to go get coffee and dessert. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Love it. Love it. And we haven't, as a podcast, done an episode on our honeymoon trip going down the Danube River. And that's something we should definitely do yeah. in the future because we went to five different countries on this trip. I have a lot of questions I want to ask, but I'll save it for that episode. Yeah, well, I've decided we're making an episode now about it. So stay tuned. I'll be here for it. <laughs> I'm ready for your <laughs> questions, Kim. My favorite international destination is Koh Phi Phi, Thailand. It's one of the southern islands. And Kopipi itself is very small, but it's gorgeous. There's this beautiful hike you can go up to and see the whole island on both sides. There's gorgeous oceans all around, tons of different islands that you can take day trips to, like Monkey Island, Leonardo DiCaprio. The beach was filmed at one of those islands. Ah, I love the beach. Classic Leo film, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous out there. So not only Kopipi is amazing, but then you have all these amazing places nearby. And then in the oceans, they have those traditional Thai boats. So it's like that cultural aspect too. And then there's the party aspect that Thailand's known for. They have kind of like their own full moon party out there on the beach. There's Muay Thai fighting that the tourists love to go do. And it was just such a pleasant experience. I was there for a very short time on this 11-day Thailand trip, and I'm dying to go back. Yeah, it sounds like a really beautiful trip. And from the pictures I've seen that you've posted, I definitely want to go one to Thailand in general and Koh Phi Phi because of your experience there. And I know we've talked about this before, but just remind me a little bit, Kim, what, did you like this area specifically more because of the party and the full moon party that they had there? Or was it a combination of both just in the setting that it's in out there in the jungle in a sense and on the beach and everything like that? Well, the official full moon parties on Koh Phi Yan. So I was surprised to see so much of that full moon party activity here, but I definitely came for the scenery. The ocean is gorgeous. I didn't get to do a lot of the day trips, but the big towering cliffs, similar to what the Philippines look like, just gorgeous. And I don't know, I loved it. And also, I had never gone to a swim up bar, but it was really high, like rooftop bar, swim up bar, same Ooh, level. It has your name all over it. You, you just <laughs> mentioned two things. I'm just like, whoa, this screams Kim. <laughs> exactly. And so we booked a hotel here that had a swim up bar and there was almost nobody in it. So it was our hotel swim up bar facing the ocean to ourselves. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it was just it made the trip. I am going to take credit here, Kim, even though I was not on this trip and Brittany should take credit too for how much you actually enjoyed this trip. And I'm going to tell you why. At our wedding, we had Thai food. And you didn't even mention anything about the food here about this trip, oh, which shocks me. But at our wedding, we had Thai food. And I think that's where you really fell in love with it. So you enjoyed Thailand more because of how good the food was. And you started liking it because of us. So I think we even enhanced your experience there, Kev, <laughs> even though we were not there. You know, you are onto something there. I think so. Yeah. All right. So we covered international. What is your favorite city in the U.S., Brittany? Chicago. Mm. We took this as a squad trip, OG squad trip even. We went to Chicago, what, in um, October? Yes. October of 19. October of 2019. It was a good time. It was a really good time. <laughs> right before the storm. The calm before the storm. <laughs> Didn't even know it was coming, though. And my favorite thing that we did was the river cruise, the architectural oh, yes. river cruise, where we got to be on the little riverboat and seeing all of the different architecture Chicago has to offer with all of their explanations of the different eras and 
building design types and all of that. It was really, really interesting. I also loved the river walk as well Mm -hmm. around the area with the hustle and bustle and the restaurants right on there and like being able to walk through that area. And um, Jamal and I actually have a trip to go back to Chicago and we're going to stay right on the river. Oh, that's beautiful. We did a rooftop bar at a place right on the river too. That was amazing. Yeah, Chicago's really nice. You know, when we were thinking about our favorite American or domestic cities, Chicago was going to be on my list that I wanted to talk about. Then Brittany said, she said, I'm like, well, we can't talk about Chicago twice then, I guess. But I had so much fun here. Obviously, that's why we're going back. Such a great American city. And before I get into it, like my choice on it, I was kind of like racking my brain around. I was like, oh, you know, like, should I choose a California city? I'm like, no, I'm from California. Like, it, even though they're cool, it's not like unique to me. Then I thought Vegas, but Vegas is cliche, right? <laughs> And when we travel domestically, a lot of it is centered around national parks and like U.S. cities sometimes don't really do it for me because they're just cities, right? They really don't necessarily, a lot of them at least have major crazy history, but Chicago did and you got to experience that on the architectural river cruise. So that's why I really enjoyed it. But my pick is going to be Boise. And I loved Boise when Boise, we yeah, when we did this squad trip. It was super fun. And I'll tell you why. It has a small town feel, but for a large city, capital city. And I mentioned this when we had our episode on Boise, that it reminded me a little bit of Sacramento, yeah. which is our hometown, right? It has that quaintness to it, but it's still big. And I enjoyed it so much. Like I was so pleasantly surprised with Boise and the surrounding area. We went snow tubing up in the mountains out there. They have natural hot springs, several of them out in the area. So there is a lot to do with this quaint city feel. And I really liked Boise. I would say that was maybe one of my favorite like U.S. American cities that we've ever visited. And we took this trip in February and it's a perfect time because there's still snow on the ground. You're going to enjoy all of the snow activities, but then also going to the hot springs. There's something so serene about being in a hot spring, being nice and warm and the the water just steaming up around you, but being surrounded by all of the white snow. Mm -hmm. While it's snowing nonetheless. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Like you're in a bathing suit, but you might be wearing a beanie on top because your head's popping out. Great pictures. Really cute pictures. Really cute. If you're trying to get those snow bunny pics, this is the place to go. (laughs) Yeah, we went to a couple different hot springs that were man-made but naturally fed, and then the natural ones that were really cool too. Boise has a lot to offer. I thought so as well. Like, you know, it has the city, it has the nature in terms of scenic beauty, and also cool, like, geological stuff because you have the hot springs right Mm -hmm. so it has it all great city and i would love even to go in summer because i feel like it would be a really beautiful area to go hiking into biking yeah they have the green belt that follows the river that they have there how many miles was it like 30 something i'm spitballing here i really don't remember but it was a lot and we talked about because sacramento also has that yeah and we talked about how if we went back when it was more seasonable weather wise to do that that's one of the things we would love to do is just ride that bike path along the river through the downtown and into the more rural areas of it and you know fyi this was our last squad trip before covid too so it has another special place in my heart because last one before it all changed in a way well i said hiking not biking but i would do biking too but i feel like the mountains in that area the sawtooth mountains right side Mm -hmm. outside of boise and there's tons of lakes would offer really scenic beauty on those hikes I did not hear you say hiking. I heard that and thought biking because I was still thinking biking from that. So yeah, hiking too. That's great. 
My favorite city in the U.S. is one I've talked about before, and that is Miami, Florida. So typical, Kim. I love Miami. It's so fun there. The beaches are warm, not like the beaches here in California that are cold that you can only really comfortably swim in maybe in August if the waters get up to the 70s. Miami's water is always warm. It's beautiful. They have nude beaches. They have clothed beaches. You can drink on the streets out in South Beach. The nightlife out in South Beach is amazing. The nightlife anywhere in Miami is amazing. The bars don't close until like 4 a.m. And there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of different ethnic foods, huge Cuban population, Haitian population, Dominican, Venezuelan. They have a ton of delicious foods out there. And not only that, the city life and the nightlife, but they have three national parks within driving distance of Miami. Yeah, Jamal and I have been to all three of those national parks, but we haven't done a deep dive into Miami. However, when we go to Ecuador in September, we're actually flying out of Miami. So we're going to fly in to Miami like on a Saturday and not leave for Ecuador until Monday. And so we're going to be able to experience a little bit of this lifestyle in Miami that Kim loves so much. (laughs) That she keeps talking about. Yeah, she's going to be our tour guide. I was going to say, you know, I've been to Florida many times, left out of Miami for a cruise, did the national parks, but really didn't get to explore but what i did see of the miami area and that i really appreciated too was the architecture that they have oh, there, yeah. that kind of classic like art deco mm-hmm. kind of like feel of the buildings and uh washed with white you know and it just has that look to it so i would imagine at night like all lit up too and the nightlife ambiance it would be amazing so i'm looking forward to that yeah they have the winwood walls area with tons of beautiful art and it's a really like artsy district and they have tons of different waterways and islands and so boat life is alive and thriving out there boat life is your thing kim mm-hmm. yacht life actually yacht life oh my bad <laughs> I, I downgraded you when i said boat life get it right yacht life. Well, we're okay. gonna take you on a whole nother type of boat while we're out there we're gonna go to the everglades and do an airboat oh yeah see some crocs it's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And kind of as we talk about Everglades National Park and national parks in general, I think that's a really good segue into our next section where we were going to talk about our favorite national parks. So, Kim, why don't you tell us about your favorite? My favorite national park is Hot Springs in Arkansas. And I know we all loved this one. We did take loved it, this. Loved it. We did take this as a squad trip and it was so much fun. And, you know, I didn't have super high expectations because I wasn't like really well educated on Arkansas or this national park, but it blew the expectations I had out of the water. It was so cool there. Cute little quaint town. We only stayed one night. We were like, damn, wish we had more time. It's so fun here. Yeah, I wish we would have stayed two days. And, you know, Bill Clinton is from there. And so Hot Springs National Park. As you can imagine, there are hot springs there, natural ones all over, but that's not what we went to because they have bathhouses there. And that is an experience that if I grew up in that era, I would be a bathhouse resident. (laughs) That is the life to just soak and relax and go in the cave. And we all sweat, but apparently Jamal doesn't sweat. I don't sweat? What? In the steam cave. (laughs) It was fun. No, I I loved it. You know, honestly, Hot Springs here was maybe going to be my pick when we were talking like domestic cities, but I knew you were going to put it for (laughs) national parks. I was like, oh, I can't do that. But yeah, we had such an amazing time. I mean, 
when we think national parks, we think of nature and other things like that. I mean, this is a national park within a city. Part of the downtown is designated the national park. The old buildings, those bathhouses, they're part of it. The brewery. Yeah, there's a brewery in there too. So, And the brewery I, uses the hot spring water to make the beer. Like, that's pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just think of this realistically as like... 1920s 30s vegas spa situation i mean this is where you go to relax and it was like classy and high end yeah i mean such an amazing amazing time out at hot springs but on the national park topic my choices i'm gonna have to say for me is going to be yellowstone and grand tetons now i'm saying two i know i'm saying two but these parks are literally twofers they're right by each other. You can't go to one without going the other. And they're both so unique that it's hard to pick like the favorite amongst them. But since they're by each other, I'm just lumping them, right? Grand Tetons, amazing scenic beauty. I don't think I've ever seen a more beautiful range in my life. I've said this before. Grand Teton itself kind of reminds me of like one of the face sides of the Matterhorn in uh, Switzerland. So it kind of has that european mountain look here domestically in the united states you have amazing wildlife in the valley it's just lush green it's so beautiful and then you go a little bit north and you're in yellowstone and this is like america's safari in the lower 48 not counting alaska so much wildlife and then you have the geothermal activity with the geysers the hot springs all the different colors of the thermal pools looking like rainbows i mean it's just so 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 unique They have it all. And, you know, Yellowstone was the first and original national park. And I see why, you know, I just love it. Can't compare to anything else, really. And we had just such a great experience. This was our first major trip after, well, during COVID, actually. And the national parks had kind of shut down for a while. They opened back up right at the time we were going. We felt like we had the whole parks, both of them, to ourselves uh, it wasn't crowded. So we got to experience on, on a whole nother level where we got to really enjoy. We always enjoy our time, but like really enjoy our time and the less crowdedness during this time because of COVID. I was just blown away by the thermal pools and the colors that they form. It just blows my mind how Mother Nature makes the most beautiful, gorgeous things like purple and pink and blue and green and Oh my God, it's just so, so pretty. My favorite thermal pool was Morning Glory. And oh, that was a good one. It was such a beautiful pool. It's like a mini Grand Prismatic because everyone knows the Grand Prismatic. The Grand Prismatic was grand. It was grand, but like it's so hard to photograph because it's so huge. And when you're up near it, you just don't get that perfect angle. But when we're at Morning Glory, we were right up next to it and you get to see all of those beautiful colors and get the perfect shot with you in it. The geysers too, like just exploding out of the earth and everywhere you look in the vast overlook is just like geyser 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 and i don't remember what the statistic is but i think it's over 90 percent of all the geysers in the world are in yellowstone let alone in that one spot that you know we're at where old faithful is and everything else so real wild stuff and so unique i mean it's hard not to be my favorite of the national parks and again Grand Teton too. (laughs) (laughs) So this is really hard to follow because I really loved Hot Springs and I really love Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. And it's not fair, Jamal got to pick two, but I'm going to have to say my favorite national park is Zion National Park Mm. in Utah. It's one of the national parks that Jamal and I just keep going back to. We travel a lot and we go to a lot of different national parks and Zion is always pulling me back to it. It's just so beautiful. The sandstone cliffs, the red rocks, 
all of those layers, pink, beige, red, orange, layered in the exhilarating hikes like Angel's Landing where you're holding on to a chain and then there's like a pathway of five feet spanning a cliff and either side if you fall down you're fucked it's i mean it's pretty it's like cool. a thousand feet down on either side sheer fall right and you have that hiking chain that you got to use for support it's wild and then going into the winter and where we kim had to go hiking through the snow and we made snow angels and like kind of went off that the beaten fun. path that was really cool too and the narrows and the narrows yeah that's a whole experience in itself like Zion just has so much to offer and whether you're going to hike through the Narrows and go up the Virgin River or hike Angel's Landing and look down through the valley, you're going to have a good time. And I think Zion is a really easy national park for a lot of people to get to. And the reason why I'll actually say this is I'm pretty sure a lot of people go to Las Vegas. Doesn't matter if you're East Coast, doesn't matter if you're West Coast. And minus its scenic beauty and the fact that we actually really love it and it's one of the most beautiful is that it is so close to Las Vegas. And we live close to Vegas, so we go to Vegas often. And 80 to 90% of the time we're in Las Vegas, we will go to Zion National Park because it's a two and a half hour drive away. So if you're going to Las Vegas and you're spending like four or five days there, or maybe even longer, I mean, I know sometimes people spend a week in Vegas. I don't know how they do it, but I know they do it. <laughs> Honestly, invest that short little drive and go, and you will not be disappointed that you went to this national park. It's very easy to do for a very common place that people go to, which is Las Vegas. And Jamal, you mentioned, you know, people do go to Vegas for a week or so at a time. And we're going to have a future episode on day trips and weekend trips from Las Vegas. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast so that when that episode comes out, you have first access to it. We do list Zion as one of those day trips. So definitely subscribe and then check out that future episode. Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries. One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions, plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for 30 dollars. so travel on over and get yours today so the next segment we're going to get into we're going to take a little bit of a turn here and start focusing on the important stuff the best travel snacks that we recommend. The most important thing is the travel snacks, right? <laughs> you don't want any of us, meaning Kim and I, to get hangry on a trip. <laughs> yes, keep us fed. And oh, this was hard because there's one thing, there's two things I always get, but I only picked one because I'm trying to stick to one, Jamal. <laughs> and that is the PB Monster Snack Mix. Mm. It is so good. I mean, there's, 
you know, although it's only one thing, there's multiple things in the bag, like the little peanut butter Reese's cups and then like the, the nuts and little peanut butter malt balls. Mm. So, you know, although you picked one, it's kind of cheating because it's like a trail mix with a whole bunch of items mixed in together. Well, trail mix is one thing. And I know you said peanut butter already, but I just need to specify when Kim said PB monster, that's peanut butter monster, by the way. A lot of peanut butter. Oh my God, it's so good. Peanut butter, chocolate, and just crunchy and soft. And mm. and you get this from Target, if anyone's wondering. It's perfect for in the car as your travel snack and definitely perfect. You know us, we love to hike. It's one of the easiest things that you could carry for hiking is trail mix. And this is an awesome one to have with you for that. I always end up eating it to the point where there's just like peanuts and some raisins left. And then I throw it out. You know, it's really funny about this um, snack is Jamal and I brought some to Peru Mm -hmm. when we were hiking the Inca Trail. And if you all remember back in the day when we were talking about being in Cusco and then going to Machu Picchu and being on the trail, there was a weight limit of what we could bring in our bags. And Zaina was like, if it's food, leave it out. If it's food, leave it out. (laughs) And these, this is one of the items we snuck in and Our entire squad was just enjoying how good this peanut butter monster Mm. was. That's what got me hooked on it. Yeah, well, because we were eating it literally after we hiked Machu Picchu, you know, the fourth day of our hike. And it was going to be a while before we had lunch. And then we were just so thankful that we actually had food to eat. And Zaina instantaneously regretted saying, if it's food, leave it out. I shouldn't say regretted it because we had it. She realized that that was a foolish foolish thing to say. Foolish misspeak on her part. But uh, one of my favorite travel snacks or my favorite travel snacks, I got a sweet tooth. I'm just going to admit it. It's going to be candy. Sorry to say I'm giving a two for again. I'm Another going, one? I'm going Reese's Pieces <laughs> and Twix because that's my combo that Mom I have it with. doesn't know how to follow the rules. No, I know how to follow the rules. It's just that that's my snack is the two chocolates. So I can't just choose one, right? Mm. It's my Reese's Pieces and my Twix. I love it. Whether I'm on a plane, I love to pull out some candy and have some candy If we're on a hike, I know I just said trail mix is bomb. I know you're going to have that PB monster, Kim, so I'm just going to take some of yours. But if I need that sugar high on top of that, I got my candy with me. It's definitely one of my favorite things and most satisfying things to have is uh, candy. That's my essential travel snack. So mine is hot Cheetos, which might sound a little weird, but I love getting hot on a, Cheetos. <laughs> a flight and eating hot Cheetos before every vacation and every flight. We normally go to like the dollar store and pick up a few bags and eat it on the plane. And, you know, I, I just really enjoy it. I think there's something nostalgic about it. It brings me back to middle school when, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you ate w- with a slice of pizza. And I don't eat chips on an everyday basis in my normal life. So I like to have chips with sandwiches or on planes and just little snacks here and there. It's a nice little splurge item. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. The snacks that they give you on planes, depending on the airline, sometimes they're not the best. Sometimes pretzels just don't do it for me. I'm a big sucker for the flaming Hots, too. Are you guys, ladies going to yell at me that I gave three agreeing with the flaming Hots? Well, no? you've already fucked it up. So. <laughs> Have I? <laughs> I will. I want to shout out JetBlue for having the best snacks in the air business. That they do. That they do. Shout out JetBlue. <laughs> and I love Southwest, but why did they get rid of their really amazing peanuts? <sighs> you know, I think all airlines now don't give peanuts because of peanut allergies. Hmm. I think so. Dangerous even in the bag? That's crazy. I think if you open it and it's close, it, oh. it can be an issue. I, I think that's what it is. And that's why they're now with like because of the Cheez-It pretzel hmm. mix and all that stuff. That's crazy. But Southwest, <laughs> Southwest new snack mix is 
delicious. It's pretty good. I love the rye bread in it. It could be a little bigger though. Southwest, if you're listening. That's why I said we need those <laughs> chips too and the candy. <laughs> and the PB Monster. All of them are essential. Then. <laughs> All right. So we have another very important tip here for you. How to save money. Our best money saving tip. Who doesn't want to save money when they travel? You want to fuck them hard. Fuck them hard. I love saving money. I thought you were about to say I love fucking them hard, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I really thought you were going to say. I love fucking them hard, but I really love to save a buck. Um, and my biggest travel money saving tip is to recheck the hotel and rental car prices. There's been so many times I've gone back on, re-looked at prices and rebooked and canceled and saved tons of monies. I'm sure over the years I've saved hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Flights too. Yeah, true. Flights too. Southwest always has their flights going on sale. You rebook, you get the travel funds for future flights. Can't go wrong. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that I love most about Southwest. I know we're talking the recheck hotels, rental cars, but we mentioned this. We can't not like talk about it. If you don't know, we've said it before, but realistically, as an example, say you buy a Southwest ticket somewhere, it's $200 and then it's $150 later before your flight, you can rebook it and get that $50 saved for you as a travel credit for your next flight that you have. So they're not going to refund you the cash straight, but you can keep that if you rebook it for your next travel adventure and like who would not take advantage of that it's silly not to and then with the hotels and the car you do get the money back right absolutely well at least with the car we book ours through costco we use them as the third party for a rental and you don't have to pay for your reservation until you actually pick up your Mm. car so if you check up until the time that you actually arrive and see what's the new price with the company i booked with or another company we more often than not find it cheaper so we don't save the money direct by getting it reimbursed just by that final payment when we pick up for example when we went to grand tetons and yellowstone we had pre-booked our rental car and i want to say it was somewhere in the 500 range for the week and then COVID hit they closed down the national parks the demand went down for rental cars so i relooked at prices and the price went down into like the 350 Ooh, that's a big savings week. so then i just canceled that one and rebooked and we saved $150 essentially. One of my favorite money saving tips and travel hacks, and we have a complete episode on this about travel credit cards, but my biggest money saving tip would be to get a travel credit card. If anybody knows how to utilize it correctly, it saves you a lot of money. My credit card that I do have is the Chase Sapphire Reserve. We talk all about this in that episode I mentioned, episode 67, but it's my favorite because ever since I've gotten this card, we've really managed to maintain our points because every purchase that we make, we put on that. And I think since we've gotten it, Brittany and I pretty much have not paid for 90% of the hotel rooms that we've actually booked or anything like that. So most of our travels now, hotels have been free by utilizing those points. And there's like a million other perks that come with it, like the lounge and the free food and drinks, oh, which yeah. saves you money. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going from airport to airport or have a layover and you get out, I mean, you're hungry, right? We know they don't serve food on or planes. We were just time. talking about those snacks. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to have a drink before they fly? We've talked about this before. The lounge benefit that they have with it. I mean, they give you food. They give you drinks. You don't have to pay for that. So that's money saving in and of itself. And there's so many more tips. If you want to know them, just really listen to episode 67. But I must say, 
utilizing a travel credit card is the best money saving tip that I could give you. I just booked my flight from San Diego to Miami and I paid $5.60 for it. Fucking them hard. Woo! Thank you. Points from Southwest. Yeah, so, and your card that you use is Southwest card for your travel credit card, Yeah, right? I like Southwest, and we fly them a lot, so it works out. But I have a money-saving tip for y'all, and that is to really do your research and look at every source. So when it comes to booking a hotel, for example, look on Expedia, look on Hotels Tonight, look on Booking.com, look at the price directly, because there will be differences in each one. And you can kind of judge how the prices are moving, what the lowest price is. You can call the hotel and say, hey, I'm seeing it for this price here. Can you match it? Sometimes they'll beat it by 20 or 30%. And sometimes Hotels Tonight, I've said this before, can be the cheapest option to secure like luxury, upscale, or boutique hotels the same day or you know, closer to the date you're staying. It's, it's an amazing app. So compare your rates. Great tips, Kim. I feel like you've hyped on that in several episodes and several times. So I know you're really passionate about that. Yeah. And I think the same thing for flights too. compare your different airlines, your different routes. If there's airports like San Diego, L.A., Tijuana, look at all your options and compare what's going to be best time wise and price wise. That's real solid. So we're going to talk probably about the biggest fucking them hard if we're going to be real honest, which is getting upgraded. And who doesn't want to know travel tips and hacks to get upgraded? Oh, hell yeah. And I got one. And I've done this before. And uh, I was trying, actually. I was going to say I wasn't trying, but I was. And I was doing it slightly. <laughs> Way to be honest. <laughs> so I had gone to Seattle with an now ex-boyfriend. And we were there just having fun. And when we checked into this hotel, it was a really nice hotel that I really wanted to stay at. I actually booked it on Hotels Tonight. Same day. Got the best rate. Solid. And had been watching it for a month on all the different platforms. But we got in, we checked in. She said, oh, what are you guys here for? And I said, oh, we're celebrating our anniversary. And we got upgraded to the King Suite room. Very nice. So try it out. That is a really great hack. However, if they don't have like any of those upgraded rooms available, one other thing you can do, and this is my tip, is request a corner room because they're bigger in size. So if they can't upgrade you to that king like penthouse suite that Kim's talking about, (laughs) uh, maybe they can at least upgrade you to a bigger room in general. Yeah, the corner is really nice and you can even preface it in the sense that you're looking for a little bit more quiet of a room, right? Mm-hmm. Because a corner room is not going to have a second neighbor. You're only going to have the one that's right next to you, right? So, And they're usually down the hall, kind of like at the end. Right. So. so by default, you know, that's a good way to preface it. And, you know, depending on the building, more often than not, that corner is bigger. And I think that's a really solid tip. But my tip, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm not going to say it out loud here to you guys. You've heard us say this before. If you want the ultimate travel hack tip to get upgraded, specifically on flights from coach to first class, and if there is no first class availability available left to at least be treated like first class, if not better, while you're back in the steerage, we want you to please, please, please Give us a five-star written review, screenshot it, DM it to us, and we will give you the ultimate travel upgrade hack for your flight. If you can't tell, we want your reviews. So really, I hate to be kind of shady on it and say, (laughs) give me this, and then I'll give you that. But please, please do, guys, and you won't regret it. That is for sure. And that is all I can tell you at this moment in time regarding that. All right. So you're making up for it. You've done two and two, and now you did minus one. So you're almost even. Yes. (laughs) We're almost at par now. 
So this next section I'm really excited to talk about because we're talking about our best recommendations on the planning portion. And I do a lot of planning for our trips, but I want Kim to start us off with your best tip. I love the planning portion. It's one of the funnest parts about the trip, discovering new things. I was in the middle of planning a big Mexico City trip and I discovered like a Lucha Libre show and Grutas awesome. Tol and Tongo a couple hours away. It's amazing. It, it really gets you excited for the trip. So my favorite thing to do when doing this research is to go to Google and type in things to do or places to stay or things to see, whatever kind of phrase you want to type in like that, plus the plus sign blog. This is going to get you to real people's blog posts and editorial articles where they give you the inside scoop, what they found, how they got there, how much it costs, where you go to get tickets. I actually found the walking directions from the Bangkok airport to the tiny table outside to get on the shuttle bus to transfer airports. You can find that information anywhere on the web except this blog post. But this is going to help you discover those cool, fun things to do and how to do them. If you don't type in the plus blog, what you're going to get is a lot of TripAdvisor, mm-hmm, TripAdvisor, Viator, Groupon, Expedia, all of those commercial pages that are selling you tours, but not giving you that insider information that you're looking for. You know, it's funny as when you had written this one down and we were kind of like discussing it and making sure we weren't putting a lot of the same tips. I even said that about like, you know, when I do things to do, one of the biggest things that I find annoying is getting that trip advisor. Not that I don't like trip advisor, but it's not what I'm looking mm-hmm. for in that moment, right? Like I get good ideas from it, but it's not what I need. And that plus blog makes it really clutch, really legit. Yeah. They're going to give you all of the typical tourist attractions, whereas the blogs are going to tell you the little cafe in this neighborhood or the little, you know, live music venue in this other place. Yeah. That is a really good tip. And kind of in that same train of thought in things to do or places to see, what I like to do is I like to go to other travel sites that do like guided tours or itineraries. And I like to look at their travel itineraries and compare it to what I have already because they hit a lot of the big highlights and they give little tips here and there. And so you can like, okay, gate one recommends this, this, and that. And then you can do the research. Are they worth going to see still? And that way you're not going on a guided tour. It's your own tour, but you're still going to a lot of those really good, cool places to see that they would recommend on those tours. Right. And like for an example, I mean, if you're going to Paris, you're going to go see the Eiffel Tower, right? I mean, why would that Mm -hmm. not be on your itinerary? And that would be like with a travel company's itinerary too. But a lot of times, even though they hit on those main highlights, usually they'll always have like one or two things that are must do that are off the beaten path for tourists that maybe locals know about, right? Like in Xi'an when we were in China and they went to the park where the locals do their morning exercise and dance and it's like a whole festival and thing. I mean, if you were really just to go there yourself and look for things to do, you wouldn't find that, right? And that's on the itineraries from the travel companies. So it gives you that little insider tidbit too that I think is really good, almost like that plus blog, you know? Yeah. Right? And they tell you the route too, which will help your planning process. Yeah. Yes. We were just doing that. We're, we're trying to plan a trip for Costa Rica, potentially next year, hopefully. And we were looking at the gate one tours and the route they took and where they went. I was looking at that for possibly Iceland for a future trip. Oh, too. that's true. And hotels too. It's a great place to find some hotel recommendations. Yes. Because gate one always has really good hotels they put you in. And so you could look and see if you can book yourself without being part of that tour group. 
Absolutely. And so for my tip, I really think uh, in the planning process, some of the biggest and most important things you could do is pre-planning your transportation and currency matters. So when I'm talking currency, I'm obviously traveling like overseas, right? Uh, and different currencies. And what I kind of really mean by that is really figure out like, where am I going? Is this a cash-based society or am I going to be able to pay by card? Now, if you're going to be staying at a hotel, obviously you're going to be paying by card and, you know, types of other things. But for example, Japan, hotels pay by card other stuff, but you go to most restaurants, unless it's like a really big restaurant, they don't accept cards. A lot of them are like 10, 15 seater hole in the walls. And I say that in a good way. And it's like a cash-based society. They sell a lot of stuff on the streets with vendors, cash-based society. So you need to know to actually have local currency. And then from there, really look, well, is it advisable to pull money out of the ATM? Should I bring money and exchange it for the currency? And what I mean by that is when we're in Latin America, specifically when we were in Peru, right? Right? It's more advantageous to give them your dollars for currency back because you'll get a better exchange rate because they actually want dollars, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, with pull it out the ATM, you get an even exchange rate, but you have the ATM fee now on top of it. Whereas in another country, it may make more sense to pull out from the ATM than exchange, like if you're trying to do euros, right? Mm -hmm. So do that type of research and transportation. I love looking at the transportation. We know I'm always the driver, but <laughs> minus even the driving, like it doesn't matter if it's domestic here in the United States or internationally, you know, figure out, okay, does this place have a metro system? If it doesn't, I need a car. How am I going to go? Do they have good parking? If it does have a metro and you know what you're going to do, just look at their tube lines and say, okay, these are the routes I need. And obviously you're not going to remember it, but you have that kind of like pre-planning and thought of knowing in your mind, like, okay, this is the line I need. This is where I need to get off. And it really does go a long way and make your trip so much easier if you do that pre-planning on those two subjects. I think the currency is a great one. I remember when we went to Cuba, I did a lot of research on that. They don't accept U.S. dollars at all. So they recommended that you transfer your U.S. dollars, ideally to euros, and then transfer your euros to Cuban dollars. Because if you were trying to do U.S. dollars, they would charge you a 10% fee on top of that. So it's Ooh, like that research. Yeah, yeah, they really are. And so that research is critical. All right. So now we've planned our trips. What is your best packing tip, Brittany? All right. So as a nurse, I, you know, I like to come prepared and I have this little bag that I use as just an emergency kit and I always have it prepared and packed and inside of it, there's medications like Tylenol or ibuprofen and then Benadryl, melatonin, aspirin, cold medication, antibiotics. Like <laughs> I have them in these tiny little smaller size containers so that you're not packing them in the original larger size bottle. I would say your containers are like little lip balm size things. Yeah. So just enough to like get you through the trip. Not, not like months worth on end or anything like that. And then I also have a whole bunch of other things that I routinely forget to pack, like nail clippers, Q-tips, C-bands, an extra hair band. Oh, that is important. That is important. And I also have some bobby pins attached to the hairband just in case uh, you need that. And always have a travel toothbrush packed in there too. So I have this whole emergency kit that I always have packed, put together. 
All I have to do is grab it and put it in my suitcase. And Kim knows all about the travel toothbrush. I think there was an incident with her and Zana had to share toothbrush. Am I mistaken on that? Community toothbrush. Community toothbrush. That's really getting <laughs> to know your travel partner well, isn't it? At yes. a whole another intimate level. Because I'm not a prepared packer. I typically travel with just a carry-on. I, in fact, don't even own a bigger suitcase than that. So if I go on a weekend trip or a 10-day vacation, it's all in a carry-on. And so I have to be very particular about how I fold everything to fit it in there. And that is my packing tip is I don't put a stack of jeans in my suitcase. I fold every pair of jeans individually as small as it can fold and put it in one by one. Same with shirts, same with dresses. Everything I pack is one by one folded super tiny. And as I pack it in, I'm smushing it, packing it, smushing it, layering and just putting everything in there. And then I lay the jackets on top, squish everything down. And I have a hard suitcase and it has an expandable zipper. So while I'm packing, I expand the zipper. And then when everything is finally in there, I close it, kind of sit on it, kneel on it, zip it up, and then put the expandable zipper closed if it will close that time. Because technically with it open bigger, it's too big for the carry-on. So depending on how sly I need to be, I'll fit it in. But truly, that process of packing, you can fit so much stuff in there. I've seen you do it. Like, you went to <laughs> Lebanon in winter with just your carry-on. And, you know, you're wearing boots and jackets and lots of cold weather items. And you came packed. And then we left with even more stuff. And I saw you fit it all into your carry-on bag size. Yeah, you did have to sit on it and kind of just, like, really push it down. But it fit, man. Yeah, it fit. It was impressive. Yeah, I brought back a bottle of wine, a bigger bottle of the Iraq liquor that's popular over there, and a smaller one. And that still fit in there. And I have once before, coming back from Thailand, the suitcase came back in shambles, like the zipper ripped open and it was it needed to be taped closed. Oh my God. <laughs> but it'll work for a while. <laughs> All right. So... Am I going to get crap again? Because I'm going to give another twofer in a way. Oh, my God. Here we go. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, I'm just so full of good tips. I, I, I got to. But it's a twofer, but it's also kind of really a one in a way, right? So we actually have a YouTube video where we actually show, or Brittany is featured on it, showing expert packing tips. And that's kind of one of them here, which is really to lay out your outfits by day before you pack it. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to be gone five days. I need five shirts and then just pick it out, right? Kind of really pick out your outfits and orient them by the day. So that way you know really what you're going to wear. It helps you pack a lot less too that way because you know what you can do to reuse uh, with another outfit, etc. So I would say that. And on top of that, this is the two for part, but it's really kind of the one. Uh, <laughs> as you're actually putting them in now that you have your outfits laid out, really pack them in based on how you know you're going to wear them, right? Put what you're going to wear last on the bottom. Put what you're going to wear second or third, like kind of in the middle and first really on the top, because depending on how long of a trip you're going for, sometimes it's really cumbersome to unpack your suitcase, hang everything up. And we really do live out of the suitcase and who wants to go digging and mess it up and try to, I mean, maybe it's me and my OCD. Like I hate like pulling from the bottom and messing it up. It makes me feel like I'm so disoriented and it makes <laughs> me really uncomfortable. So when you pack it, like pack it as you know, you're going to wear it. Like what I need first is on top. What I need last is really on the bottom. I think that goes a really long way in the, the packing field. Well, those are some really good tips. So why don't you, Jamal, tell us one thing that you can't travel without? 
One thing that I can't travel without is probably going to be my portable phone charger. I think it's such an essential. And I say this with no shade on Southwest, but that's what we fly the most. They are very gracious in the fact that they provide the Wi-Fi that allows you to have live TV, movies, or TV shows, but they do not have USB plugs. And some guy online thought they'd be clever and try to throw shade at Southwest and say, hey, Southwest, why no USBs? It's 2021. And they said to him, well, why don't you get yourself a portable charger with all the money you're saving on the fares? And it <laughs> tends to be true. So uh, since we fly it so much, uh, you know, and they do provide entertainment, it's not on the back of your screen. You have to use your smartphone for it. The portable charger is essential. And even being on the road, for that matter, a lot of times we do a lot of driving. I mean, you just don't want your phone to die, right? I can't travel without a portable phone charger. Mm-hmm. We actually just used our portable phone charger yesterday. Like Kim, myself, and our friend Robin went on a hike. And while we were driving out, Robin was like, my phone's about to die. Kim's like, my phone's about to die. I was also charging my phone because I had the navigation go. And, you know, my car charging USB port only holds so many ports. So we grabbed the portable phone charger and Kim charged her phone in the back seat while Rob and I both were able to charge our phones up front. And it worked out great. Mm -hmm. Even in everyday life, it's a necessity. Yes. And one thing that I can't travel without is our collapsible cooler. Love it so much. So clutch. We've taken it on so many trips already. We've taken it all the way up to Washington and it's gone to like four national parks with us. We took it all the way to Virginia. It's been out there. We've taken it to like Utah. So it's it's made its way around domestic United States. At this point, it's, it's an honorary squad member. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Travel Cooler it. is a clutch honorary squad member. I can't tell you with all the hiking we do, it saves us so much in terms of what we're going to eat because we could actually bring stuff with us to go in those like remote areas and it stays fresh. It's great. Yeah. And it packs pretty small. So it just fits right on top of everything else I have in my uh, carry on or my larger luggage. So the things that I can't travel without. Now I'm going to pull a Jamal and do a twofer. I know. Here. A twofer on you, kid. <laughs> what? And they go hand in hand. So it is earplugs and a face sleeping eye mask. Now, why would you put earplugs on there, Kim? Sometimes people snore that you're sharing rooms with, so you need to block that sound out. But not only that, like... Are you talking about Brittany? (laughs) Or is it me? We know who it is. Hey, Brittany, I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) So anyway, but not just that. You could be staying at a hotel room that's really loud, has people that are loud, or it's next to like a train or something. So those are really good. Or not even just that, but like... If you want to get to sleep because you were first in the shower rotation and then everyone else is still getting ready, getting ready for bed and you want to go to sleep right now, you just pop those suckers in, put the eye mask on. I sleep with an eye mask every single night, even at home. Sounds bougie. It is some of, no, no, no. It's not about being bougie. (laughs) It's some of the deepest, best sleep ever. And the sun doesn't wake you. It's amazing. If you haven't gotten on this train, you need to. I'm going to try a face mask tonight. And the only reason why I have a face mask for sleeping, Kim, is because of our freaking travel hack that I told you to write that five-star written review on. They brought us the first class kit that has all your lotions, essential oils, face mask, everything that you need toothbrush like a real good toothbrush not like the little baby toothbrushes that they give you for the people in coach so we couldn't get it because they were sold out but they brought us 
everything from the first class comfort kit, even down to little slippers for us to put on. It was amazing. So I have that eye mask from that and I'm going to utilize that tonight and just see if in my everyday life that eye mask makes me feel great. Kim. You're going to love it. And for all of the listeners out here right now, I'm going to link in the show notes to all of these things that we can't travel without. So if you're interested in stepping into the face sleeping mask zone, you can click on the link and get yours. All right. So as we're getting close to wrapping this up, I think, you know, we've given you guys a lot of good tips, but they've been really kind of specific that what's really your lady's best general travel tip that you guys want to share with our listeners, because we have so many of them. I'm giving two furs as uh, <laughs> I'm getting yelled at by you ladies, but uh, what's a good general tip? So my tip kind of sounds like my planning tip, but it's just to actually do your planning, do a ton of research on blogs and on Instagram at the the places destination code plus the hashtags, you'll find so much cool stuff there. And through that planning, kind of start to build not an itinerary, but like almost kind of things you want to do and how many days it's going to take you to do it. Then plan your trip based on how many days you need. Because the worst thing I fear is to plan a trip for say two days and find out this cool thing to do if I only had one more day. Yes, I, I completely agree. What I like to do is do what you said, list out everything I want to do. And then I start to research how far are these locations away from each other? How many of these things can I do in the same day? And then that kind of narrows down how many days we really need. And then you can book your trip from there. In fact, we plan trips all the time. And you're like, how many days should we go? And I'm like, what are we going to do? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But my general travel tip is just to say yes to the trip. Find a way to say yes. You'll never regret saying yes, but you'll always regret the what ifs and why didn't I go? It's my Africa. Yeah, I was just about to say, Kim feels this with Africa, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like once you say yes to the trip, you're putting a plan in motion to make it happen and it will happen. Mm -hmm. I want to say this. If you had said yes to Africa... As much as I love China, China would not have been on my list. I would put Africa with that gate one as a favorite international, Kim. But I was like, favorite international, I have to go a squad one, OG squad. Yeah. So if you were there, that would have been there. I know. That was a good one. But for me, my best general travel tip that I can give you guys is quite honestly, sometimes just let a travel sale guide you to where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is... Southwest Airline is having a sale to a city that's just really unsuspecting or a travel company is having a great deal to an international location. I mean, China, right? We yes. love China. China was one of them. What a great deal. Flights, food, guide, everything included, like 1200 bucks. How could you say that's no? Amazing. It gave us a free day in Shanghai so we could go to Shanghai Disney. And I was going to make my way to China anyway because it's bucket list to go to all Disney parks. But... In that moment, China happened then because of that sale. Boise, I mentioned Boise earlier. We're looking at flights. Oh, there's a sale to Boise here from San Diego, $49. Let's fucking rock it. And also, we had found those hot springs on Instagram, which is what was fueling us looking at that sale. Right. Exactly. And so we all have places that we want to go. Let's not kid ourselves. But sometimes if you go the place where the sale is and you don't really have expectations going into it, even if you do, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Chicago was even that way, as a matter of fact. It was Ecuador a great sale price up. at that time. Yeah. So let the sale guide you and you won't regret it. Beautiful. Unsuspecting places can bring unsuspecting results. 
All right. And so to close out this episode, we're going to tell you our favorite podcast episode. After two years, how can we not mention our favorite here and give you advice to go back and listen to something? Yeah. And it was really hard because they're so good. And they're... I love the funny ones. What They're all a little bit funny, but the funny, funny ones that have me laughing out loud are my favorite. So my favorite one is episode 63, how to stay healthy while traveling. That's a good one. It was so funny. And it doesn't sound like it'd be funny, right, but it is, right? Right. It doesn't sound like comedic episode, but we have so many stories about being sick while traveling or what we did to get through the trip while we were sick <laughs> or what we did to prevent us from getting sick again and it's just funny. It's a good one. And it has a lot of good tips. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. My favorite podcast episode in the last two years has been episode 42, and that is to Tokyo. We had a lot of really good banter during that episode. Good we did. banter. <laughs> Even though Kim wasn't on that trip, there was just so much good banter during that episode, and she really um, provided those interview questions to us to make the episode release interactive. It was really good. We went with our honorary squad members, Kasha and Ryan, And it's just one of my all-time favorite podcast episodes. It was funny. A really funny episode. I mean, we talk about puss and tush. And uh, (laughs) you'll get the reference when you listen to it. I mean, we're not just being graphic for no reason. There's a reason why it was mentioned. And we just had too much fun going back and forth with that. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we can't not talk about restrooms. And there's a lot of restroom talk to be talked about about Japan. Uh, So really fun one. For me, I'm going back to Africa, Africa, episode 26 and 27, another two for don't hate me. It was a two parter episode. So, you know, that was a really fun episode. But for me, why it's one of my favorites is this was like a lifelong bucket list epic trip to go on a real safari in Africa. And we did it. We had such an amazing time. Shout out to Gate One again. This was another Gate One adventure. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And hopefully it inspires you to go to Africa because I think a lot of people think, oh, it would be fun, but it's probably one of the very few places that people end up actually going. So it's a really solid one for you guys. So those are our favorite recommendations, favorite tips. And I just wanted to take another moment to say thanks so much for listening to this podcast. It means so much to us. We've had over 40,000 listens to- That's a lot. In two years, and it continues to grow week over week. We continue to hit new records for listens and can't say it enough how much we appreciate you listening to us. Yeah, so thanks for listening for these last two years. I mean, it's just flown by. Like, I'm looking at how many episodes we have. I mean, this is what, episode 98 right here? I mean, wild in two years. There should have been more. We had a brief shutdown due to COVID, as everybody else did, but wild ride nonetheless. And we've come back even stronger since COVID. Like, we have been hitting these huge numbers of downloads and weekly records, and we're just blown away. And we're so thankful for all of you guys for listening. And, you know, we've said it again and again. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please share our episodes with friends that would enjoy the same adventures because we have so much to share with you guys. And we just want to keep growing our podcast community and building a travel community for all of our listeners and providing the information you're looking for, the recommendations of people that actually took these trips, those micro details that we try to include in prices and 
help you save money and help inspire you to take these trips. So tell us what you want to hear too. And I'm always so excited when someone that listens to our podcast tags us in a post and we get to see their adventure or they're telling us, hey, we listened to your podcast. We were so inspired to take this trip. We booked this or that. Like that just makes me so happy. Reviews. Oh, I love the reviews. We always screenshot and share it to the group chat. And we're like, look at this new one. (laughs) Always makes us feel good. So again, thank you guys for an amazing, amazing two years. And hopefully there's many more and you don't get tired of hearing about our travel stories for you guys. All right, everyone, as usual, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode and the last two years. Keep the adventures going with us. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in your adventures and send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.